0: Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 49, verse 8. Let's go. Genesis chapter 49, verse 8. This is Jacob who is giving his blessings to his sons before he goes. He knows that his time on earth is about to be up and he's giving out his blessings. So, verse 8 Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies, your father's children shall bow down to you. So, What's so interesting right here is that Judah is re- receiving this incredible blessing. And you'll see as we go through these uh, different children of Ju- uh, of Jacob's and his, these tribes that not all of them are spoken well of, but Judah gets a lot of praise, and so does Joseph. But what's interesting is that Judah, if you look back in Genesis chapter 37 and 38, or you can go back and read the podcast or both, or listen to the podcast or both, then you're going to find a couple of things. Number one, you're going to find in Genesis 37 that while his brothers wanted to kill Joseph, Judah was like, no, nah, no, nah, let's not kill him. Let's profit from him. Let's sell him to slave traders. So he was actually the, the orchestrator behind the whole thing to sell him to slave traders, which is interesting. And the other thing in that next chapter, Genesis 38, Judah was the one who actually slept with a prostitute, got her pregnant, and that prostitute was actually his daughter-in-law. So what do we see through this? We see that God can work through anyone. Redemption is available to everyone. He died on the cross, Jesus did, with his arms spread open as a universal sign saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's got that, those big arms spread wide saying, I love you, I'm here for you, but you have to choose to be adopted right i'm not going to force you to love me that's a robot and that's why he gave his choice and in the garden why he gave his choice he gave us free will and freedom to make choices and that still exists today because without free will you cannot have love you if you go and play around with like alexa or siri or chat gpt and stuff and ask him some human questions right do you love me you know will you marry me can we be, you know, just ask her all this stuff. She's like, I'm a, you know, they'll they'll all say different things, but they're basically saying, I'm a computer program. I cannot love uh, certain things. I can't get married, whatever. Uh, it's just funny to mess around with them. But you're seeing the point that a robot can't love. That's why God gave us free will. So anybody who doesn't think we have free will, well, that's just wrong. It's illogical, and it is just so false on its face. So if you think you're beyond redemption, you're not. Jesus gives Judah these amazing uh, blessings here. Uh, Jacob is giving these amazing blessings. And of course, this is all because of God. And also, so don't think you're beyond redemption, but also don't think this, don't think that you deserve more because you're good, right? If that were the case, then Joseph would have been, you know, gotten all the thing, the double portion and everything because of what he went through and and who he is. But we're going to look at more into that. But uh, don't think you're too good or too bad to be saved uh, or too too good to be saved or too bad that you don 't need God. everybody needs God because there's no one good but God. How do we know that we 're told that in the Bible there's no one good that but God that means if you 're good you're perfect and you 're God but you 're not good i 'm not good. We are stained with sin, but you can be clothed in the righteousness of Christ if you invite him into your life all right so it goes on to say your father 's children shall bow down before you. So this is the other tribes. His inheritance was government instead of land or a double portion, right? Judah doesn't get the double portion. He doesn't get the big plot of land. He basically gets the place as a, a government, if you will. Verse 9, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. So this tribe will be powerful. And Jesus comes from this tribe. And remember, Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah. He is powerful like a lion, and he is patient like a lion. Are you patient? Am I? I can promise you it's one of the things I've been working on, and one of the things I'll continue to work on. I want to be more patient with everything. But sometimes my flesh rises up and I get impatient. Impatient. Uh, I can assure you of that, that it happens from time to time. And I ask God to help me because I want to be more patient. God calls us to be more patient. It says, he bows down, he lies down as a lion, and a lion who shall rouse him? Verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet. So this is a picture of a judge judging that uh, this tribe will be powerful and governmental. And it says, notice this next uh, part of the verse it says until Shiloh comes s h i l o h right the the Shiloh one meaning is the Messiah, another meaning is perhaps prince of peace from this word or seed of Judah, or it can mean rest and a and tranquillity, which is exactly what Jesus brought and continues to offer right so this Shiloh this this messiah the seed of Judah. We want this rest and we want this tranquility. How do we get that? It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through coming to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. So we can see here that the Messiah will come from the tribe of Judah. There will be no more succession of rule after Jesus because he will forever rule. It's your choice to be under his rule or not. Do you get that? Right. When you have a king... Or a president, right? Some people would go around and say, so-and-so is not my president. Well, actually, he is your president. Trump is your president. Biden is your president. Like it or not, we're under their rule for now. We have free choice, and we can choose to try to reject that that president, that authority, but the fact is we're under it, and the fact is that you are under the rule of Jesus. Now we've got uh, Satan and his demons who are roaming around. Satan is the prince of the air. He's the... Um, Ruler of this world at the present time, but God is ultimately in control, and He took back ownership when His di- Son Jesus, who was also God, died on the cross. And He just He, he it's like a escrow, like on a property. Like if you're buying a property, you put down the escrow money. You you maybe even close on it, but you haven't actually taken possession from it. But you do have rightful ownership. But someone else may still live there. Maybe you're doing a leaseback or something. They're going to live there for another. Hour or day or week or month or something, and that's essentially what's going on with the world. God bought the world back through the blood of His precious Son, and He just hasn't taken taken that ownership back into His like uh, full control and possession, which we will later see He will do. But for now, it's essentially like a lease back, where the devil still is able to reside here. Like the devil is leasing <laughs> leasing the world essentially from God. Um, so that's that's a way to uh, think about it. And uh, verse 11, binding his donkey to the vine and, the, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine. Okay, so what is going on here? So it says donkey. Why do we bring up the word donkey? Well, guess who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey? Jesus. And did you know that Jewish rabbis came to know this verse right here as a foreshadow that the Messiah would ride on a donkey? And Jesus did exactly that. Yet most of the rabbis failed to connect the dots when he did so, right? Jesus rolls in on a donkey. They had previously decided that the Messiah would come on a donkey, and yet they failed to say, oh my goodness, wow, here he is. This is the Messiah, the one I've been spitting on, making fun of, trying to trick, yelling at, trying to get killed. Some of them did. Most of them did not. Most of them continued to uh, reject him. But they could have seen, oh, this guy's a lion from the tribe of Judah. He's a Nazarene. He's from the line of David. He was born in Bethlehem. He rode in on a donkey. Hello, all of these things coming together. What are the chances of that? None. So, so small that if it happens, it has to be true. And it did happen. And it was true. And it is true still today. And it says, in his donkey's colt to the choice vine. Now, vine's are typically fragile. I mean, just think of like a vine in your backyard. You, you tie up a donkey to a vine, what's going to happen? It's just going to uh, break it, right? It's, they're, they're usually really thin. So what's, what's in view here is it's saying that this family is going to be so prosperous that they're going to have these amazing resources and wealth, and their vines are going to be very hardy, hardy enough to hold a donkey. So it's, it's uh, speaking to prosperity. It says he washed his garments in wine. Wine is symbolic of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for you and I. Think about communion, right? You have the wine and the bread, which is symbolic of the blood and the body of Christ. And that's what's in view here. And he washed his garments in wine and in blood, right? So, when Jesus on the cross was on the cross, this is foreshadowing of this. He was drenched in blood. There was blood all over his garments. And we look at that and it's like, oh, no, it's stained. No, it's that very blood, that, that crimson blood that actually makes us white as snow. Next verse says, In his clothes and the blood of grapes, 12, his eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. I love the contrast here. Darker than wine, whiter than milk. So it's the contrast between red and white, between blood and purity. But more than a contrast, it's a link. It is the red blood of Jesus that makes a person pure as white snow. And you can't get there any other way. There's no coexist, there's no two paths that lead to heaven. You can't choose your own way. It's not based on feelings. If you look into all of these other quote unquote religions, you will quickly see, quickly see, that they're false. All right? Mormonism. They worship themselves, they think they're gonna be coming on their own God. They believe that Jesus was a person just like them who became so good that he became God of their own planet his own planet false uh, islam where you 've got you have to you, you can 't be assured of salvation unless you do a jihad you 've got all these virgins waiting for you up in heaven you 've got all the false prophecies that you can look through the Quran and see you 've got um, the 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 Quran speaks of Jesus, the the sinless one, and that's exactly what we see in the Bible. It never speaks of Muhammad being sinless. You've got uh, so many other things. You've you got Buddhism and and uh, the reincarnation and thousands of years of lifetimes, thousands of lifetimes and stuff till you ultimately reach a nirvana. It's just who would want any of that? Don't you want a personal relationship with Jesus Himself, with God? He is not a distant God. He created you for a purpose and for a reason. And every other religion is false. And it's not to to trample on anyone who believes anything else. It's to say, here's the truth, and I want you to see it. Just look at it for yourself. Look at it unbiased. Right. Take off your hat of whatever religion you're in and just look at the evidence. And the evidence for Christ is overwhelming. And the evidence... For the falsity, if that's a word, of these other religions, to me, is overwhelming. If you look at it, you're like, hmm, yeah, that's false. All this is false prophecy and everything. So, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. I hope that you see that. Uh, Salvation is offered universally, but it must be accepted individually. Lord, help us to see the contrast between the red and the white, the blood and the purity, but also the link, Lord that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that the blood that you shed on the cross for us is the way that we are offered salvation, the way that we can get to heaven, the way that we can be considered perfect and righteous and have direct access to you. Because when you died on the cross, the veil was torn too. We had direct access, Lord. It's like the ladder to heaven, like Jacob's ladder. And you're a perfect God who wants to have a relationship, a close and personal relationship with us, and we love you for that. In your amazing name. Amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus visit the protection located in Austin, Texas license number 2887886